there's an understanding that's keep me free that I've been seeking to get out of my spirit. There's a mind, there's a, there's a thought of a mind, of a mindset that I've been wanting to express, but it has escaped me. And I got 18 minutes, so I'm going to try to keep it not too fast and not too slow. But there's a fundamental principle that I want to continue to get into our spiritual space. True prosperity is the result of the Holy Spirit living inside of your temple. That's prosperity. The key then is to break the outer shell of the soul life so that the Holy Spirit as he fellowships with your spirit can begin to take control of your vessel and bring it under submission to the will of God that's every born again believer's job is to have their spirit along with the Holy Spirit which resides in their temple made of the flesh and blood of Christ. That's how you were born again, believer. I'll say it again. A born again believer is not just born again because they believe that Jesus Christ died for their sins. No. That does not necessarily make you a born again believer. A born again believer is an individual that believes that Jesus Christ died for their sins and the sins of the world, was buried and raised, was rose from the grave and rose from the grave. But they have made an agreement in their spirit with them, meaning that they have a, a contract of confession. See, I have a contract of confession. Many of you people have contracts of confession. You might have been 10 years old. You might have been 45 years old. But at some point in any number in between and beyond. But at some point you made an agreement with your heart. You said, Lord, I believe that you died for my sins. Lord, save me. Forgive me for my sins. I am a sinner, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Give me your Holy Spirit, Lord, that I might live with you. If you made a confession like that, and you know what I'm talking about. You believe that that man died for you. You believe that he rose from the grave. You believe that he was resurrected and he sits at the right hand of the Father. You signed up. You signed on. I'm going to tell you a, a quiet secret. It's not quite a secret anymore. You got something that belongs to the Lord. You want to know why we having so much trouble. Ain't because we don't have prosperity. That's the biggest lie. That's the spirit of Baal. 
When you became a born again believer, you received the ultimate prosperity in your life. The ultimate blessing. Because you received Christ. You received his son. You received the blood, the flesh and blood of Christ into your spirit. Not just into your mind, but into your spirit. And when you received, you said, Lord, save me. Lord, forgive me for my sins, Lord. You didn't know everything. You didn't understand everything. But something in your heart touched you and you said, yes, Lord. Save me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Come into my life, Lord. Give me your Holy Spirit, Lord. Maybe you went a little far. You went, you went far into it. Man, you got sidetracked by the world, by desires. See, that was me. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. And I, and I believe that he rose from the grave. And I believe that he sits at the right hand of the Father. I believe that. And I accepted it as an open confession, not just as a mental understanding. See, that's the contract. That's signing the contract. I signed the contract. And then I studied and went further and I tasted this and see. And I, I, I tasted the Lord and I recognized that he was good. It says, taste and see that I'm good. Taste. That means if the Lord wants you to taste him, let me, I get excited. The Lord wants you to taste something and he's offering you something. As an understanding of his goodness. Put, put him to his word. This is the key. This is the second key. Not that your will might be done, but that his will might be done. Your will might be done, Lord. See, that's you test, tasting the Lord. Every time you pray something and you end it with... Thy will, your will be done, Lord. Not my will. I may state my cause and my purpose. But your will be done, Lord. That's tasting to see if he's good. Because see, when you say that, then you're exercising your humanitarian right to have your own opinion. And God wants you to have your own opinion. But God wants you to be willing to lay down your opinion for his opinion, his mindset. He knows that you have an opinion. Why? Because you were birthed in this world. You come from people that die. You'll die. I'll die. So you have an opinion about death. You're familiar with death. God ain't familiar with death. Not in those terms. Until he, he saw his son. Until his son died on the cross. Then he became familiar with death. That he might be ultimately all in all. 
See, God created humanity. In the image of God, you were created. What does that mean? I know we've said many things about it. But one thing it means that it's not often talked about is that when you're created in the image of God, you're by nature a recipient or potential recipient of his spirit. Your whole creation is designed for one purpose, to house the spirit of the living God. That's why humanity doesn't die well. Because see, when death entered into the bloodstream of humanity, the eternal God had to recognize the authority of death. That your agreement with his enemy set up a contract in your forefather's bloodline. Adam signed his name on a contract when he signed the contract of disobedience. And he died. And his son died. And his son died. And his son died. So forth and so on. So what happens one day I will die? Why? Because I'm attached to that contract. But see, when I became born again, I'm testing my time limit here. I'm doing pretty good. When I became a born again believer, notice the term born again. Born of what? A different bloodline. A different flesh and blood. Bloodline. I'm now born of the family of God. Why? Because God became a sacrifice. He became a man. That's what's so special about what you believe. He became a man to do what? So that God might be all in all, see? You know, God just doesn't talk a good game. See, we don't know suffering. I don't believe any human being on this earth knows suffering. Like the Lord Jesus Christ knew suffering. How can you suffer more? You can say, well, people have been torn apart and this and that. Jesus suffered more than any human being that ever lived. I'm not just talking about the moments of his crucifixion. I'm talking about his constant rejection by his creation. Your son knocking on your door and spitting in your face and you gave them every opportunity, every advantage you could. You set them up. Adam and Eve was set up. There's something good going on. But you see, God has to be all in all. That legitimizes his, his claim to redeem you. See, when you sign a new contract, 
When you sign the new contract, the old contract that you got from Adam is torn up. You assigned a new bank account. You assigned a new spiritual account number. Now the things that you do will be rewarded, not only in this life, but in the life to come, see. You have a different bloodline because you signed a different contract by you speaking those words, believing them in your heart, thinking them in your mind. When you said, Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you died for my sins. Come into my life. Save me, Lord. Give me your Holy Spirit that I might live with you forever. You signed another contract. Then when you got baptized, you just made an open declaration of that contract. But the contract is signed. You know, I've, I've, I've unfortunately been bankrupt before. It may not be the last time, I don't know. But when you sign that contract with the Lord Jesus Christ and you walk away from it. He comes collecting. He comes looking for what he purchased. He says, I purchased you off the slave block of sin. Now I'm, I'm coming to collect my property. Where are you at? And you wonder why God shakes your life the way he does. And if he shakes your life, let it be unto righteousness. Not because you're pursuing unrighteous gain and means. You allow the spirit of Baal to come into your church. Your Lord suffered. And all those at what? Shall suffer persecution. You don't go looking for it, but you know if you live a holy life, you live a righteous life, no matter what your job or what your status is, you're going to suffer persecution. So you're not looking for a good ride. You're not looking for, matter of fact, that isn't even a question for you. If you ask me that kind of question, I'll tell you, you, you you're talking to the wrong crowd. When I signed that contract, I signed on to a man. I became his property. Not just some high deed that's in the sky, but he placed his Holy Spirit inside of my spirit. Built of a temple made of his flesh and blood. See, That legitimizes his claim to me. He's just not... Selling you empty promises. He has a physical stake in your salvation. Check my time. 15 minutes. He has a right 
to come see about his property. To be born again means that the Holy Spirit lives inside of your temple made of the flesh and blood of Christ. So who does your mind follow? Who does your body follow? People say, I believe in Jesus, but their mind is of the world. Their body is still serving the world. Their thoughts are worldly. They're cardinal. We used to call that cardinal Christians. Whatever happened, to, you don't hear that term anymore. Backsliders. You don't hear that term anymore. You got a lot of people that sing songs, hit songs all over this nation that are backsliders. You got Christian gospel singers that sing gospel music that are backsliders, meaning they slid away from the faith. They no longer live a faith. They live a form of godliness. We, we, we want to bring ourselves back. Can, can I turn it around at this age? Can I all of a sudden, after being so disobedient in my own little cunning way, turn it around and change my life and point it towards him? Yes, I can. I got to go to his psalms. I got to go the way he prays. And I got to let his prayers become my prayers. Listen to them in your ear. And they begin to saturate in your spirit. And then you pray them back to God. Sincerely as if they are your prayers. No separation. That will give you another voice. A voice that will ring from your spirit man. And it will quiet the voice in your soul. It will quiet the voice in your body. Because now you will stand. Your spirit man will stand up. I dare you. I dare you to start listening to Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. And I dare you to allow it to saturate your spirit. We'll look at a movie over and over and over again. We can recite the lines of the movie. We'll read a book over and over and over again. So we know the, the pages are worn. And all God is asking you to do is open your ears. See, Jesus says, open your ears. He didn't say, I'll open your ears. He said, open your ears. Because he's the command giver. He's opening your ears when he says that. He's not asking you to open your ears. He's saying, open your ears. When you listen to that word, these three wisdom books, they will open your ears. And then you begin to compare your life to these three books. They will, it will open your ears and enlarge your heart. And it will make you want him more. And you can return home. You can come back to your Lord.
and he'll put his arms around you. And he won't speak of the past. He'll only speak of your future and the glory. And then you'll know that he's at, he has accepted you. When your heart is broken over leaving him in the first place because he's granted you repentance and you don't want to leave him anymore. You're done walking away.